0: welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. Get ready for your life to be changed by today's message from Pastor Jeremiah Hosmer. Now I want you to go in your Bibles today to the first chapter of Psalms, the first chapter of Psalms. Praise God, I was with a a very famous Jewish rabbi one time on a plane and He wanted to ask me a question, try to stump me a little bit because he heard I was a preacher. And uh, what they fail to realize is that what they have in book smart, I've got a million times in Holy Ghost smart. (laughs) And so he said, he said, let me ask you something. Uh, We Jews, we pray three times a day. The Muslims, they pray five times a day. He said, how many times do you Christians pray? And before I could even think about it, the Holy Ghost says, tell him you pray without ceasing. <laughs> I said, brother, we pray without ceasing. He said, that's a good answer. So after that, he didn't want to ask me no more questions about that, about you know, anything like that. And, and uh, so he said, do you pray the Psalms? I said, yes, sir. I pray Psalms 1. I pray Psalms 23. I pray Psalms 91. He said, that's the Psalms I pray over me. Saying, brother, you ought to get the Messiah. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and God can use all that book knowledge you've got then. Amen. But anyway, the first chapter of Psalms, if you don't pray it over yourself, you ought to pray it over yourself on a regular basis. And uh, I'm going to pray it, if you would allow me today, I'm going to pray it in the first person because that's how I do it. And if I try to actually read it, I'll end up saying it in the first person because I pray it so much over myself. I am a blessed man. And I walk not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor do I stand in the path of sinners, nor do I sit in the seat of the scornful. But my delight is in the word of God, and in his word I meditate day and night. And I will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. I bring forth fruit in my season. My leaf never withers, and whatever I put my hands to shall prosper the ungodly are not so though see they 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 don't have they don't have this benefit this is this is the benefit of being in the kingdom see the ungodly are not so they're like shav, which the wind drives away therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment put that put that verse up in the uh in the uh Uh, Passion Translation that verse right there uh, verse uh, number 5 because it it actually translates translates it a little better Uh, the wicked will not endure the day of judgment for God will not defend them and nothing they do will succeed or endure for long for they have no part with those who walk in truth Oh, glory. But how different it is for the righteous. The Lord embraces their paths as they move forward. Everybody shout forward. While the way of the wicked leads only to doom. Oh, glory be to God. Somebody say, I'm glad. I'm, glad. I'm, a, citizen I'm a citizen of the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Praise God. You, so you grab, listen, that wasn't even for your, that, that, that was just like an, a bonus. You put that in your pocket and go and pray that over yourself on a daily basis. And you'll watch as even when you get in situations that wasn't supposed to turn your way, God are turning your way. For all things work to the good of those who love God and are called according to his purposes. So we're going to go to Mark chapter 4 today, and you might be wondering how in the world are these going to tie together, and how in the world are these going to relate to the kingdom of God? Well, just wait, because I'm, I'm, I'm really going to take you out there into the deep in just a moment, uh, but, but I have, I have decided that, we, that we've got to eat from the table of the Lord, not drink from the table of the Lord only. Amen. And so, Mark chapter 4 and verse 3, Jesus said, listen, listen behold a sower went out to sow and it happened as he sowed that some seed fell by the wayside and the birds of the air came and devoured it some fell on stony ground and where it did not have much earth and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth but when the sun was up it was scorched and because it had no root in it it withered away and some fell, watch this, some seed fell by the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it and yielded, it to, yielded no crop. But other seed fell on good ground and yielded a crop that sprang up and increased and produced some 30-fold, some 60-fold, and some 100-fold. Then he says, he who has ear, let him hear. In other words, there's something more to what you're reading Here. Uh, and so the disciples come to him and said, hey, you know, we, we kind of want to know what the revelation is behind what you I know you didn't tell everybody else. They looked puzzled and was wondering, uh, were you talking about farming? But we know you enough to know that you're talking something about the spirit now. And so in verse 13, he says, now I want you to grab verse 13, because verse 13 is a very important verse in here. It helps you. It'll help you understand the kingdom of God. Do you not understand this parable? He says, How then will you understand all the parables? In other words, you can take every parable, every parable that Jesus teaches, and you can take the kingdom of God and you can relate it all back to this parable. Every one of them can be related back to this parable. Help me, Jesus. I'm gonna say it one more time. This every everything that you read about the kingdom can be related back to this parable, this will help you understand the kingdom of God more and how to flow and operate in it. Say amen. Amen. So, he says, okay, the sower sows the word. And these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word which was sown in their hearts. That's why some of you struggle with voices while the preaching's going on. You gotta, you just gotta rise up and say, shut up, devil, you don't even belong in this house right here. Because he's trying to steal seed. Uh, he, you, you got to understand that's the reason he's called the devourer, the seed taker. That's in Malachi 3. Ah, help me out, Holy Ghost. And so, and, and these likewise are the ones sown on stony ground who when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness. And they, they've been saved a week and they're ready to preach and everything. They're ready to do everything. They just let me do all this and and and, 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 and then you can't find them three weeks later. Help us, Jesus. He said, and they receive it with gladness, and they have no root in themselves, and so endure only for a time. And afterward, when tribulation or persecutions arrive, for the word's sake, immediately they stumble because folk told them, "You going down to that white church? You going down to that black church? You going down to that church where that 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 preacher talks about prosperity? You going down to that church speaking in <laughs> tongues?" And they say, "Well, I don't want to be outcast, and I don't want to do that, so I'm going to go on about my business." And immediately, because of the word's sake. they stumble stay with me now and 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 so and and so now these are the ones who are among the thorns thorns they they are the ones who hear the word and 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 the cares of this world he said cast all your cares upon me for I care for you the cares of this world and the deceitfulness I want you to notice that he didn't say riches he said the deceitfulness because if you don't tithe and you don't give what, God's, what you're supposed to give God, riches have a deception with them. And what was supposed to bless you now can begin to take you out. The deceitfulness of riches. Oh, help me, Jesus, today. The deceitfulness of riches and the desire for other things. That's the reason I tell folk, when you get born again, if you're single, you probably need to stay that way for at least a year. Because if you start desiring for other things, got to, you, you'll get taken out. You've got, to, you've got to keep this thing pure. And so the desires for other things, watch this, entering in and choke the word. The very word of God that formed everything you can and cannot see. The very word that said light be and light was. The very thing that said said now live and the dry bones became life now has been choked because of, watch this, because desiring for the things of the world. And makes the word become unfruitful. But these are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word and accept it, that that, that word there is receive it. See, you can hear something and not receive it. You can hear something and not receive it. You can hear hear a correction, but you'd be like, I ain't receiving that. See, you can hear some and not receive it, but he said, this is the difference here is those who hear it, they receive this word. And and he says, and they bear fruit. He said, you're going to know who received the word because fruit's hanging off the tree. You'll be able to walk up and look and the limbs are hanging low because there's fruit hanging off of it and it ain't just a bunch of leaves. He said, so, so they, they bear fruit. Matter of fact, let's have a statement of faith. Let's say, in Jesus' name, I bear fruit. fruit. Yeah, 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 I bear fruit. You you can walk up to this tree and find life. Hallelujah, because life lives in me. And bear fruit, some 30, some 60, and some 100-fold. So today we're about to get into this and I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm still in the kingdom of God It's part five, but this is called citizenship part two. And you'll find out I might throw another part and we're going to branch off to that because as I was praying this past weekend, I said, how in the world can you really put the kingdom of God in a series when everything evolves around the kingdom? How? And everything revolves around the kingdom. You might say, well, I thought everything revolved around the king. Well, you can't separate the king from his kingdom. That's where your disconnect is. Because if you think you can separate the king from his kingdom, then then you're sitting here thinking Jesus is over here and his kingdom's over here. And Jesus said, no, you don't understand. I'm in my kingdom. My kingdom's in me. Help me, Holy Ghost. So we're going to get into this today. Father, I thank you for the anointing I sense. I I thank you, Lord, for the presence that I sense on this house. I I thank you that the Holy Spirit has brought all of us together, even those that are watching online, and he has prepared our spirits, our souls, our minds to receive the word of God, to understand the word of God at a greater capacity than what we had yesterday. I thank you, Lord, that we are not here by accident, but we have been brought here by providence, that we may hear a word Word in due season, O God, that will take us from where we are to where we need to be. And Lord, today we pull ourselves up to the table and we thank you for the milk that we drank when we were babes. We thank you for the bottles that were in our mouths when we were first born. But today we pull up with plates, we pull up with forks, we pull up with knives, and we say, "God, put some steak on the t- put some steak on the plate, God, and let us eat, so that we may grow up." So that we may be able to understand the mysterion, the mysteries of the kingdom of God. and, And we can put line upon line and precept upon precept and put brick upon brick. So that what is built is not for man but for God. Holy Spirit move in this house and tear down everything that is not of you every mindset every veil every thought every feeling God that is not in line with you we submit it to you today that it would be washed away broke down and never to be built up again so that all that is built is that is for your kingdom because because your word says that if you don't build the house they who labor labor in vain let us not be vain laborers today but let us oh God walk into the blessing that you have so Richly provided for us, so God, let us be not like the people that you spoke of in the word that says that they didn't have knowledge, so they perished. So God, let us have knowledge and revelation today, so we would not perish in the time when we ought to prosper. In the name of Jesus, we pray today that there would be such an anointing that people would be spoke that people could be spoken to at their level, but not stay at their level, go to the next level. God, I pray that Lord, bombs of revelation would be. Going off in the mind and in the spirit today that will draw people into deeper levels of intercession, deeper levels of worship and deeper, deeper levels of commitment. I give you glory today that you look upon my availability and not my ability and God, you would grant me an apostolic anointing and a prophetic utterance that as it is spoken, everything the enemy has built up and tried to destroy people's life will be broken in the name of Jesus and God, your kingdom shall advance on earth and I thank you for this now in Jesus mighty name I give you praise and and I believe that I've received what about y'all y'all believe y'all receive can you give him a good praise for his word today before you're seated oh hallelujah I think I feel like preaching now hallelujah now, uh, I want to just, I'm going to take just a few, just, just a couple minutes, if you will allow me to set up uh, this thing to, to just talk about point number one that I gave you last week. I'm, yes, it, I was only able to give you point number one last week. And, uh, and this week, after I get done preaching and teaching, at the end, I'm going to give you point number two, rather than giving it to you at the beginning, so that you'll be able to take that very point and you can build upon it yourself. How many of you know that when you leave the house of God? That should not be all the word that you've gotten all week. I, I need you to tell somebody that all over this place right now. That should not be, that should not be the, the only word that you get all week. You, you, you ought to be preaching to yourself. <laughs> you 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 ought to be walking walking into the grocery store talking about you know and, and the kingdom of God is and you ought to be preaching to yourself you 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 ought to be at the workplace and folk think you're crazy because you don't have a Bluetooth in your ear and you're still talking to yourself really what you you're just preaching to yourself so that you can get your spirit in line with what God is saying you ought to be wow well, you when you take your kids to school they ought to be saying mom and daddy done went crazy because they're sitting over there mumbling something but you're preaching to yourself. You know that you have you have crawled into a place and grabbed some crumbs off the table and taken it back to your bedroom and started breaking it down and multiplying it so that you can live from the bread of life. That's what you ought to be doing. I, I, I can I get ninety more seconds in this thing? I'm telling you, the days are coming where if all you're getting, if the only time you're being fed is when you come to the house of God, I don't know if you're gonna make it. Because man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And God says, yes, I want to speak through the preacher. And yes, I want to speak through the service. And yes, I want to speak to you during worship. But I kind of want to talk to you tomorrow evening when you're cooking green beans and you got some pork chops on the stove and and you're putting together some old old squash and some stuff. I kind of want to talk to you when you're at work tomorrow and you're doing what you do. And I just want to come in and whisper to you and say, you know, there was a hidden revelation that you didn't quite get in a service yesterday, but if you'll begin to tune into the spirit, I'll tear back a veil and let you see what you have not seen yet. I kind of want to talk to you throughout the week. And so I told you last week I said kingdom citizenship is not being saved, is not just being saved from, it's being saved to. Uh, a lot of people have have a have a revelation that you've been saved from hell but you didn't realize you were saved to the kingdom and so therefore you have people that are in church for 2 months and out of church for 6 months and and you got people that that have that feel like they have a fire insurance car but they don't want to go no further in the kingdom of God they are stuck in the outer court y'all going to get that in a little while and so what God is trying to tell his body today and what he's telling his body in this time is that I'm really of glory upon you and upon your family and upon churches who will seek me in this time of need there's a wonderful thing about God God says listen if you see my face you'll die but then he tells you to seek my face what is he talking about he said nobody's ever seen my face If they see it they're gonna die but then he tells you seek my face you see cuz what he's telling you he's telling you without dying you'll never find me but you won't ever find me if you don't die I think we came to preach today just a little bit. So today I want to talk to you just for a moment about kingdom citizenship. Because many ain't know that you've been saved from. You ask somebody, hey, when you got saved, what'd you get, you know, what's that about? Well, I ain't going to hell. But look, can I just can I just put something out to you for a minute? Can I submit something to you that, that salvation is not the totality of Christianity? See, I got in trouble with some religious folk just then. Salvation is not the totality of, uh, of the kingdom of God. Yes. Uh-huh. Salvation is how you are birthed into the kingdom. Uh, Listen, this is how you came into the kingdom. The Bible says that do not be conformed to this world, but be what? Transformed by the renewing of your mind. What is transforming your mind? What's transforming your mind is the word of God. What is the word of God? It is the constitution of the kingdom of God. It is the guidelines the king has given us that teach us how to believe, how to think, how to do, how to battle, how to live, how to be victorious, how to function as a kingdom citizen. So if you're trying to figure out how, to, how do I make it in this thing? How do I go from day to day? How do I live a victorious life? You just got to open up the constitution of the kingdom of God, which is the word of God. And when you open up the constitution, it begins to tell you stuff like, forgive your neighbor and you're going to prosper. Tithe and you're going to prosper. Pray and you'll be victorious. Worship and I'll take you and lift you above what is under you right now. You gotta be able to open up the constitution and and so and and so many people wanna be saved from. They wanna be saved from their addictions and, and there's nothing wrong with that. Praise God. How many are glad you ain't addicted to what you used to be addicted to? I give God praise for that. There's nothing wrong with being, uh, th- uh, being wanting to be saved from your addiction. There's nothing wrong with being saved from your depression. There's nothing wrong from being saved from your torment. There's nothing wrong from you being saved from your alcoholism. There's nothing wrong for you being saved from your abuse as a child. There's nothing wrong with any of this. But what you must understand is that the true gospel don't just save you from something, it saves you to something. And so Jesus never preached the gospel just to get you out of hell. He preached the gospel to get you out out of hell and into the kingdom of God hallelujah he preached a gospel that said now that you ain't going to hell I want you to conform to my kingdom so that means that you got to think like me you got to talk like me you got to walk like me you got to believe like me and I ain't talking about me I'm talking about Jesus So, so, so you, you, you got to understand that you have to embrace these types of things. Hallelujah. Somebody shout amen. Amen. So, so now, now if you're going to write something down, this is, this, this is where I start with this week's stuff. To the level you embrace, commit and submit to the kingdom will be the level you can produce for the kingdom. Some of us are not producing for the kingdom because we have yet to submit to the kingdom. We're still trying to tell the kingdom what to do. Oh, hallelujah. We're still trying to tell the kingdom what it needs to believe. Instead of asking the kingdom, what do I need to believe? Oh, glory. I think I'm preaching way better than folks shouting, but it's okay today. We're going to get somewhere. To the level you embrace, commit, and submit to the kingdom will be to the level you produce for the kingdom. And what you need to understand is just as I talked about during the offering is that the very first commandment was that you multiply and be fruitful. You produce something. What was the, 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 servant that Jesus rebuked was the very servant that didn't produce nothing. He went and hid what God had given him and said, I knew you to be an unjust or I knew you to be somebody that wanted what you did not have. And so I went and hid my own stuff. And he said, you wicked and lazy servant. He said, take from him who, who has and give it to him who has more. Why? Because him who has more, he knows what to do with it and you don't have a clue. So the kingdom of God is always about you producing something. Let's do a little self-reflection. What have you produced for the kingdom? What have you produced for the kingdom? Is there anything that you can look around and say, that's kingdom work? That's kingdom work. That's kingdom fruit. That's kingdom this in me. That's kingdom fruit. Yeah. Is there anything? Because you have to do some self-reflection because I'm telling you right now that when you stand before Jesus, yes, the blood of Jesus has washed your sins away, but you're going to answer. Yes, there's two different judgments. There's one judgment that judges the sinners and then there's one judgment that judges the righteous. And the righteous have to stand before God and give an account for what they have done now after they've been saved. You ain't giving an account for your past sins, but you're going to give an account for what you've done with what God gave you. So there's folk that know how to sing. There's folk that know how to play. There's, no, there's folk that know how to pray, preach. There's people that know how to witness. There's people that know how to build. There's people that know how to do all kinds of stuff but won't do nothing for the kingdom of God. You're going to give an account. Woo. So, 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 to the level now, <clears throat> to the level that you commit and submit to the kingdom will be the level you produce for the kingdom. Now I'm going somewhere further to the level you produce for the kingdom will be the level that you receive from the kingdom. Some of us, have you ever heard somebody, I ain't, I just ain't being fed no more. Yeah. Now I can, I can see that in some places because they, they like, I mean, you know, some places, some churches kind of like got co-op food on the table. Y'all don't like that, do you? But then there's some places that you're getting, you're getting a lot of meat. And, and you got to understand, you're getting a lot of food. You're being fed. But the reason, but the reason you're not able to be fed is because, because you don't understand. You ain't producing nothing for the kingdom. And if you ain't producing nothing for the kingdom, you ain't receiving nothing from the kingdom. Because God never called you to be a Dead Sea. He called you to be a Jordan River. So he never called you to be somebody who just received. He called you to be somebody who receives and puts out. Anything that just receives dies. That's the reason you got an entrance and an exit. Because if you didn't have an exit, you would die. So God has called you to receive and he's called you to put out. So if, so if you don't produce nothing for the kingdom, you'll realize that you stop receiving from the kingdom. Now we just now in our introduction, y'all stay with me today. So I'm going to take you a little further. So to the level that you produce for the kingdom be the level you receive from the kingdom. Jesus said in Luke 6, given it will be given unto you, good measures pressed down, shaken together, running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure, God said, I'm measuring your use of what I've given you so that I can measure back to you what is being given to you. What I love about God is he never measures back to me the same that I measured out. Yes, it's to the same measure, but how many of you know that if you multiply 100 times 10, you'll get this, but if you multiply 1,000 times 10, you get this. The multiplication by 10 is the measure, but when there's more in you, it produces more. So to the measure you use it, it will be measured back unto you. Are y'all ready to go to the sower yet? Do we need to spend more time here? All right, so Jesus spoke a parable in the sower and he said, he said, uh, he said, "There's, there's there's four types of people. There's four types of people who hear the word. He said three quarters of them hear it but never produce anything from it. He said, they're hearing the same thing. We know this because the because the writer uh, later on in, in Hebrews tells us, uh, people don't know whether it was Paul or Apollos, I think it was Paul, really don't matter at this time, it's the word of God. And, and so the the writer of Hebrews tells us that the, the people in, in, you know, the children of Israel heard the same gospel that you're hearing, but they couldn't mix it with faith so they couldn't produce nothing. He said, but when you heard it, you mixed it with faith and now you're producing something. So everybody can hear the same thing, but different people are getting different stuff out of it. There's three quarters of the people that hear the word don't produce nothing for the kingdom of God. But say in Jesus name, come on, say in Jesus name, that's not me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah so three quarters of people. So he said the first group of the wayside people, these are the people who hear the word and never enter in, it never enters into their heart. Secondly, he said that there's stony ground people. These are the people who hear it and immediately receive it joy when, but when persecution comes, they, they, their, their roots weren't deep enough uh, to, to, to be able to sustain something that begins to attack them. And so they fall off to the side and go back to what they used to do. And then he said, there's a third group of people. He said, these people, he said, they're, they're growing up in a bunch of thorns and it's got to be hard to grow and a bunch of thorns. Uh, people don't want to choke stuff out of you. You got dreams, got visions, but you can't never do nothing because people got their hands around your throat. And so he said, these are the people. He said, they never produce anything because of the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches come and they begin to choke stuff out of you. He said, but then there is another group of people. Somebody shout, that's me. He said, now in this group of people, they're, 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 there's, there's three different places. Everybody shout three. Come on, shout three. He said in this group of people, in this 25%, there are three different groups of people. There are people who bear 30 fold. There are people who bear 60 fold. And then, and then he, you might think that Jesus' math is wrong, but it ain't. He said, then they bear a hundred fold. And and he said, there's 30, there's 60, and there is 100. What you've got to understand about the kingdom, everybody shout kingdom. What you've got to understand about the kingdom is God loves numbers. Have you ever heard somebody, God don't care about numbers? Don't listen to them no more. They don't know what they're talking about. God wrote a whole book called Numbers. God loves numbers. And there's certain numbers that are special to him for whatever reason. That's just how things go. And, And one of the numbers is number three. Uh, three. Yeah, you, if you one, if you if you can grab this, then you'll begin to understand how the kingdom works. There, there there's, uh, God said, there, I, "I like three. Uh, there, if you look at me, I am Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I am a I am a Trinity, but I am one. He said. And then if you look at you, how I made you, you are a spirit with a soul that is wrapped in a body. He said that this is three. He said. Now if you look at my heavens, you got first heaven, you got second heaven, and you got third heaven. He said. Now, now if you be if you'll just Go a little further into this thing He said then when you look at my tabernacle The one I told Moses to build He said I showed him something in heaven And you had the outer court The inner court And the holy of holies He said so when you look at things You've got a 30-fold or 60-fold And a he, he said so So what you got to understand Is my kingdom is wrapped up in a 30-fold A 60-fold and a 100-fold It's got 30-fold people It's got 60-fold people and it's got 100-fold people. He said, now, now listen to me now. I used to think that 30-fold people were just people that God had just created them with a capacity to only be 30-fold. That's how I used to think, Pastor Antoine. But then God corrected me one day. He said, no, that means I would be a respecter of persons. He said, so I never, I, I, I never created somebody to just be a 30-fold person or a 60-fold person. He said, what you don't understand, son, is to the level that they embrace my kingdom will be to the level that they go. He said, so every time that you want to buck my kingdom, you get stuck in your place where you're at. He said, but if you'll embrace the kingdom, there is a capacity that's in you to go further than where you're at right now. Glory be to God. Stay with me today. Now, now the Bible says, uh, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Listen to what he said. Draw near to God, and he will what? He'll draw near to you. If you want to move from bad ground to 30-fold, then all you got to do is draw near to God. If you want to move from 30-fold to 60-fold, all you got to do is draw near to God. If you want to move from 60-fold to 100-fold, all you got to do is draw near to God. Church, this is how the kingdom of God works. The more you embrace the kingdom, watch now, the more you embrace the kingdom, the more you receive from the kingdom. The more you receive from the kingdom, the more you produce for the kingdom. The more you produce for the kingdom is the more you that is more is released to you through the kingdom. So you can't get upset with folk that seem like everything they do, it just begins to multiply. This is not by accident. They ain't God's first cousin. They ain't God's best. They ain't God's brother. And no, not know what they have done is they've embraced a level of the kingdom that begins to produce something in and through them that maybe you have not embraced yet. Somebody shout Amen. So when you get, if you get upset, you get jealous, you get mad at somebody because you are 30-fold and you see them in 60-fold, there's no need in getting mad. You need to walk up to them and say, neighbor, can you tell me, how did you get there? (laughs) How is it that every time you touch something, it seems to go to turn to gold and multiply and I'm still down here trying to struggle and, and, and jump off my pinto? I mean, I'm parking it on a hill. I used to have a truck way back in the day. I had to park on a hill. Y'all don't know nothing about that, do you? You had to park on a hill because it was messed up. So you parked on a hill so you could get a running start, pop the clutch so you could crank that thing up and go somewhere. Y'all don't know what I'm talking about. I ain't always been where I'm at right now. One preacher said, it, he, he said they were so broke when they, they had a car, he said they used to pull up to the, the, to the church, they had to pull up about 15 feet from the parking spot, and they would all get out, and the car would <laughs> and it'd park itself. <laughs> y'all don't, see, y'all, knew, y'all, y'all youngins with all the fuel injection, y'all know nothing about that. The car used to stay running. You had the key out of it, it's in part, thing like, <laughs> it'd park itself. got a car battery in your car with a heater hooked up to it because the heater's towed up. (laughs) See, those folk don't know what I'm talking about. Hallelujah. But you can't get upset with people because you see them in a 30-fold or a 60-fold and you ain't there. Because you can be there. Push your neighbor and say, you can be there. You you just got to embrace a different level of the kingdom. And quit telling God what, what he needs to know and start asking God, what do you need to know? Because the kingdom of God's got every answer that you need. Hallelujah. So, when you, when you embrace the kingdom, the more, you, the more you embrace the kingdom, the more you receive from the kingdom, the more you receive from the kingdom, the more you produce for the kingdom. The more you produce for the kingdom, the more, uh, the more is released to you through the kingdom. With the same measure you use, it will be measured back to you. So, let's go. Come on. Y- y'all ready to go a little further? Now the old, listen, in the tabernacle, in the, in, in the Old Testament, there were three places that made up the tabernacle. You had the outer court. Everybody say outer court. You had the inner court. Say inner court. And then you had the holy of holies. Now if you will begin, if you'll really begin to pray and meditate, you'll understand that a lot of what was, a lot that the tabernacle was made up in the Old Testament has a lot to do with the kingdom of God now. Because Moses just didn't decide, hey, I just want to build a tabernacle and have this. God showed him something. God showed him something. And each had a specific purpose and a plan to bring you closer to the glory of God. The outer court had a purpose the inner court had a purpose and the holy of holies had a purpose Jesus said to the people that uh, That 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 uh, are hearers and doers of the word He said that there are 30 fold people there are 60 fold people and there are a hundred fold people there are outer court people There are inner court people and then there's folk that won't leave God alone until they get into the holy of holies he said, now, when you look at this, you'll see 30, 60, and 100. He said, here's your three dimensions. He said, now, your peop- the people get to decide where they want to go. It used to them be that way, but then there was a man called Jesus that hung on a cross on Calvary's hill. And when he said, it is finished, the Bible says that the veil was torn not from bottom to the top, but from the top to the bottom. And God said, I've done made a way now for you to get as far as you want to get. So let's go now. It might get a little tight in here for a minute. Let's clap for Jesus five minutes, five seconds. I'm sorry, get, just clap for the Lord. Y'all clap for the Lord down out, out, out there in Facebook land, wherever you at. Now, Outer court people, outer court people, I'm gonna say it one more time. Outer court people. Y'all y'all put up the y'all put up the, the picture, please. That, that, that's, a, that's a picture somewhat of a uh, of the of the tabernacle right there. Uh, that, that's the full deal right there. That's all of it. Now put up just the outer court right there. Let's just let them sit there and look at that for a minute. Outer court people are thirty-fold people. They, they're glad they're saved. I, I, I'm glad I'm saved. They're glad they're saved. They're glad they're on their way to heaven. One day we're going to be in the sweet by and by. You know, let's, let's go listen to a singing. Amen. I, you know, we just, I, I don't know what we're doing, but we're doing something. We're just waiting on Jesus. These 30, these are 30 court people. I mean, I'm sorry. These are outer court people, thirty fold people. Uh, these are people who are glad they're saved. They love God. They're on the way to heaven. Uh, these people come to church here and there, but they're not really involved in the kingdom of God. They, they don't want you telling them how to live, how to give, how to treat people, how to pray, how to vote. They don't want you telling them. No, no, don't tell me nothing. I got this thing. These are thirty fold people. Outer court. They don't, they've walked up to the entrance of the 60 fold, but, but said, I can't give all this up. So I'm just going to hang out here. Now, the thing about the outer court, the, 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 the thing about the 30 fold is, is it's, it's kind of exciting, right? Because out there you got, you got animals dying, folks slinging blood, you got priests walking around, praying and doing all kinds of stuff and I mean you got fire going up smokes going up and I mean it's all kinds of stuff going on out there right so it's kind of exciting right uh you know but but, but after a while it all start growing old just a little bit because see the thing that's celebrated in the outer court is salvation because see, there, the, right there, there, there's an altar. There, there's, there, there's, there's the altar right there. And, and that altar is where they put the sacrifices on the altar. What that did right there was the sacrifices for your sin. And so the priest would put that, put that on there. So basically what the outer court is celebrating is your salvation. And we thank God for your salvation. But can I tell you, it's just like I told you last week. If we're 20 years later and you're still walking around with your baby picture in your pocket, something is wrong. Thirty-four. fold Glory be to God. Now, if you are new to the faith, it's okay to be in the, out, in the outer court, right? Because you just got birthed in. You, you, you're still out there. You're watching the smoke go up. You're watching the fire go up. You're watching the animals be sacrificed. You're like, man, this is pretty cool stuff. This person's speaking in tongues. That person's falling out. And the worship leader's up here shouting. And the preacher, he's sweating and spitting. And I mean, it's cool stuff. Hallelujah and I feel the spirit a little bit get some goosebumps when I go in that place and I I ain't I ain't I ain't fell out Matter of fact, I don't even go near the front down there because somebody just might pray for me and I might just hit the floor (laughs) So I'm hanging out in the back and I don't want to go no further down. They might ask me to do something And I don't and, and, And I always make I always make it a point to walk out during the offering I like the 30. I like the 30-fold. I like the outer court because ain't nobody putting no demand on me and everything's just cool out here. And I can kind of do my own thing. And I tell myself when to give. And I tell myself when not to give. And I tell myself who to love. And I tell myself who not to love. And I tell myself when to go to church. And I tell myself when not to go to church. And I tell myself when to pray. And I tell myself when not to pray. And I tell myself how to worship. And I tell myself how I'm not going to worship. And I'm just my own God out here in the outer court. 30 fold. yeah you're on your way to heaven but don't you want to produce more All right. Shh. All right. Woo. Ah. So, so you got to understand something in, in other words the, the outer courts is where it cleans you from your sins and, and I praise God for the cleansing of my sin but I hear something calling me further Is there anything that's in the outer court people that want to know what does the inner court look like? Well, what is in that place that I can't see in right now? What is it like where I'm at now or is there something different in there? Is there a blessing in there I cannot receive out of? Is there an atmosphere in there that ain't out here? Is there something that's going to enrich my life in there that is not enriching my life out here? I think I want to go from 30 to 60. The issue here is that in order for you to go into the inner court, you have to embrace this and submit to the kingdom of God in a greater way. And can I say something? God doesn't allow them to take what's in the inner court and put it in the outer court. You can't take the table, you cannot take the table of showbread and stick it out there by the altar, God will kill you. In other words, I'm not going to take what's in the inner court and come and bring it out here to the outer court, but I'm going to give you an invitation to come from the outer court into the inner court. So they, so what they did right here, am I okay with y'all right now? Come on, just, just push your neighbor and say, neighbor, wake up. Is it cold in here? Do y'all need, y'all is it cold? Come on, tell me the truth. Yeah, all right, bump it up. I don't care, we'll sweat together. Because y'all got to get this. Okay, so you got the altar right here, that's where they put the sacrifices. Then you got something called the laver. Y'all see that right there? That's called the laver. Now, what you what what the laver did is the priest had to come before they could enter into the inner court, they had to come and wash here. All right, now in the laver, the, they didn't have mirrors back then, right? So, what the laver did, it was some of the finest brass that you could get, polished brass, so that when the priest came up to wash, watch this now, they seen themselves because God is saying, before you can go into inner court, you can't be focused on everybody else's sin. You've got to see yourself right here, too. Because a prophet without a mirror is a dangerous thing. So they come up to the, they come up to the water to wash. Now, what does the water represent right there? The water, water represents the word because the Bible says in Ephesians five, he says that they cleanse, they cleanse the, 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 when he's referring to the husband and wife, he says the, the, and then he begins to talk about the church. He says the church is cleansed through the washing of the word. And then Jesus tells Peter, Peter says, Jesus, go on and wash it. He said, no, you, you're already clean by the words that I have spoken to you. So in other words, when you come up to that place, now you've been saved, but now you're starting to look down into the word and it's starting to say, listen, if you want to go deeper, you've got to embrace something that you have not embraced yet. And you've got to stop telling the word what to say and start letting the word tell you what to say. So you've got to stop approaching the Bible and arguing with it and embrace it. Oh, are we, is, is anybody drowning? Just push your neighbor and say, I'm drowning, give me some air, amen. So, so we're talking about going from 30-fold to 60-fold. Now watch this. Oh, help me, Jesus. So, so the labor was for washing. so we're going to go on further. now. To go from a 30-fold person to a 60-fold person, to go from the outer court to the inner court, you got to embrace the word of God as complete truth. That's what you're looking into. So therefore, if the Bible says, can can I go just a little further? If the Bible says you need to tithe and give offerings, then you need to stop going online trying to find some backslidden preacher telling you why it ain't for today. No, no, you're gonna stay out there in the outer court you can find anything online. A bunch of keyboard commandos. Oh, praise God! Listen, hasn't have you ever noticed that you can't find one person who's doing something big for the God, big for the kingdom, big for God that disagrees with tithing? I've looked. The only folk that you can find online disagreeing with tithing are the people that are still in their mama's basement and they, uh, help me Jesus, and they're 46 years old in their sweats down there trying to be a theologian. Y'all can tell I'm a little passionate about that, right? Amen. Out there trying to tell the church what to believe. Yes, You can't find one person doing something big for God doing something big for the kingdom that disagrees with tithing and offering why Because you will never get from the 30 fold You'll never get from the outer court to the inner court as long as you hang on to that greedy spirit You have to embrace the kingdom and say what are you saying? Are we ready to go in are we ready to go in? Therefore, the Bible says this is what, you know, I'm just going to go on for that because I could stay on that for 10 more minutes. So now that, listen, when you move from the outer court into the inner court, when you move from being a 30 fold to a 60 fold, y'all go ahead and put up the inner court. There's three different pieces of furniture in the inner court. Now, listen, what you've got to understand about the tabernacle is that every piece of furniture in the tabernacle was, was designed to bless your life. That's right. That's right. It was designed to grow your life. And there was, something that, there was something that the altar in the outer court did that nothing else did. Right. And there's something that the labor did that nothing else did. But when you get into the inner court, there's something that these three pieces of furniture do that nothing else can do. So when you come in, you approach, there's a lampstand. It's called the golden lampstand. And when God told Moses, he said, you make it out of a solid piece of gold. He said, I don't want you putting no junk together. I don't want it brass. I don't want a silver. I want 24K. And he said, he said, now he said, and, 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 and this is how this thing is supposed to work. The people bring the finest of the oil, but you priest, you got to take what the people bring and put it in the lamp because there has to be a light burning all the time in the inner court. This is what it means in first Samuel in chapter three, when it said, and the light of the Lord was about to go out and God called to Samuel. Why? Because people got, people wouldn't bring the oil anymore because the priest wasn't doing the right stuff with it. And so now, now we're talking about the kingdom now. So you approach a lampstand. What is this lampstand doing? The lampstand illuminates, it lights up, it's, it represents the anointing of the Holy Ghost, what it does. And then when you see that light, it begins to shine inside of you. And you realize, man, there's some places that ain't as pretty as the other places. And I want to correct these things. These are, this thing is shining inside of me. This is the lamp. This is the lamp. So now I have to not disagree with the lamp. I don't need to push back the lamp. I need to say shine on whatever needs to be shined on because I don't want to stay where I'm at. And So when you you approach the lampstand and now and now and now when you move from the lampstand you have something over to the Right called the table of showbread now the table of showbread Yes, it represents Jesus Christ because Jesus Christ said I am the bread from heaven I am the bread of life. He who eats of me shall never hunger nor shall he ever die But there's something else that this represents I don't know if anybody's ever told you this before But the only way that you could have the table of showbread is that the people were had to bring the finest of the flour they had to bring the finest of the flour. The cakes were made from the finest of the flour and they were put on the showbread, but God didn't eat the bread, the priest did. So what does the table of showbread represent? It represents your giving. Because God will never take you any, any further than where you're wanting to give. So you can, ah, help me, Jesus. So you can't be giving at this level and think you're all spiritual, high and mighty at this level. God said your giving's going to be just a direct representation of where you're at in the spirit. How do you know that? Do you got Bible for it? Sure do. The Bible says this: where your heart is, there your treasure shall be also. So you'll always understand that, is, that, you, you, that the further you go in the spirit, so, so does your giving. <sighs> Hallelujah. But then we don't stop there, then, when, then, then the priest, now we're still in the 60-fold now. But see, God's doing a lot of things in the 60-fold. Why? Because it's not, by the, it's not by accident that you get into the 100-fold. You don't just trip into this thing. You don't just stumble yourself up into the hundredfold. God said, no, no, I, there's some stuff I'm doing. There's some stuff that I do in the 60-fold that I was not doing in the 30-fold and, and that I'm not going to do in the hundredfold, but it's going to get you into the hundredfold. So now you now you move from the showbread. Y'all stay with me. Now we're talking about the kingdom of God. Now Now you move from the showbread and you move up to what we call the altar of incense. The altar of incense. They they couldn't they couldn't light the altar of incense with their bic lighter. They 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 couldn't they couldn't rub sticks together. The altar of incense had to have a coal from outside where the sacrifice was brought into here so that it could burn the incense. What does this mean in the kingdom? What does this mean for your life? See, when you move up to the altar of incense, it represents three things. It represents your praise, it represents your worship, and it represents your intercession. And so you've got to understand something. You'll never move from the 60-court or 60-fold, the inner court, to the holy of holies where the hundredfold is if you can't get to a place where you worship at another level. You praise at another level and you pray at another level. So these things right here, God says, okay, this is the last piece of furniture before you come into the Holy of Holies. And what you don't even realize is I'm taking the stuff that I revealed to you from the lampstand, and I'm taking your giving over here at the showbread, and I'm putting it together. And when it comes together, now there's a revelation of your worship. Now you don't worship the same. You don't pray the same, and you don't praise the same because what I showed you over here is coming out of you right here. Hallelujah. This is, listen, this is, so so what he's showing you at the lampstand and your are giving at the showbread all comes out at the table uh, at the altar of incense This is why he told Cornelius Cornelius your prayer and your giving has come up as a memorial before me He said there's something that you're doing that's the inner court practicing that I will not allow you to stay out there But I want you in here because what you're doing is already practicing here He said, your giving and your prayers have come up as a memorial before me. So I will allow you to stay out there. I'll send an angel down to you and give you instructions that you cannot even receive on your own. And then I'll go tell a man who doesn't even like Gentiles to come over here and preach a word to you because I refuse to leave you in the outer court because what you're doing is blessing me so much I got to bring you into the inner court. Hallelujah. So, what you must understand is that in every place, even in the 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold, there are blessings that come on and in your life in those areas that cannot be obtained in the other place. Help me, Jesus. So, God, the Bible says that may you prosper and be in good health just as you're. So, so God says, watch this. He says, he says, when you're in the 30-fold, you're you, you catching a drip. He said, but when you, when you embrace my kingdom more and came into a 60-fold, now all of a sudden more things are being blessed because I'm not just about blessing you in your spirit. I'm going to bless you in every place of your life. So sometimes where we get mixed up is that we're sitting out there in the 30-fold or we're sitting out in, in the outer court and we're upset because people are in the inner court receiving inner court blessings. When all you got to do is come to the place of embracing the kingdom a little more. But we can't stop there. See, because when you get to the place where you begin to pray different. When you get to the place where you begin to praise different. When you get to the place where you begin to worship different. See, that's that's the reason I, I don't have to be coached. Come here, help me, Pastor Jason. I don't have to be coached. Now, I know some folk need to be coached. Outer court people need to be coached into praise and worship. That's the reason we allow our worship leaders to coach you there. Because you're still in the outer court but we're trying to get you into an inner court because when you get to an inner court, you can tell them, I don't care what they say. I'm going to give God a praise and worship because I remember what he showed me at the lampstand. He showed me that he is an on-time God. I remember what he showed me at the lampstand, that there was an anointing on my life that would destroy every yoke of bondage. I remember what he just showed me at the lampstand, that surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I remember what he showed me at the lampstand that the steps of a righteous man, they are ordered by the Lord. I remember what he showed me at the lampstand that no evil shall befall me and no plague shall come nigh my dwelling. I remember what he showed me at the lampstand. Hallelujah. But I remember what was showed to me at the table of showbread. That I didn't have but $10 left in my pocket. And God said, give it to me. And he showed me he was an on-time God. He showed me that when I sow, I shall reap. He showed me that when I give, it will be given back to me. Hallelujah now when I pray I don't pray like I used to pray. I pray with some faith knowing that God can provide all my needs according to his riches and glory. Now when I praise Come here. Come here. Now when I praise I said now when I praise, I don't praise him from an outer court experience. I praise him from an inner court experience because when I did, nobody else could help me get through it. Nobody else could give me the job. Nobody else could put food on my table. Nobody could heal my sick body. But God showed up as some bread from heaven. And now I praise him from that place. Woo! But now when I worship, I don't worship As somebody who does not know who they worship, I worship from the light of heaven. I worship from the bread of heaven. And a worship goes up because I realize that when he could have left me, he did not leave me nor forsake me. sense goes up before the Lord now this is what I love about the, this is what I love about the Holy of Holies is that when you, when you pray indifferent and you're praising different and you're worshiping different before you even know it Didn't nobody send you an invitation in the mail? Didn't nobody ring a bell? Didn't nobody say you're about to go in? But all of a sudden, the curtain was ripped back and something pulled you into a holy place. And now you begin to see that God's glory is greater than anything that you could have ever experienced or could ever have felt. And when you get in there, you don't want to go back to the inner court you don't want to go back to the outer court because what's being done in the holy place is more than anything you could have received anywhere Mm -hmm. have you ever have you ever been in prayer and it was good but all of a sudden you got in a place and it took your breath. <gasps> Nobody told you it was about to go there. God said your worships don't come up so pure. Come on in. <clears throat> Have you ever been in a place where you was worshiping so much that you forgot folk were around you? that you forgot even what the song was being sang. And you just realize I'm worshiping the most high God. Tears coming down your face and your heart melting in the presence of God. And before you know it, you ain't in the same place you were in. Now you're in the Holy of Holies. Now, I'm about to, I'm about to land this plane. So what you must understand, I want to give you two revelations from this and then I'm done, Lord willing. I'm going to give you two revelations from this. Theologians say, theologians say, theologians say that in the Holy of Holies, once you put the Ark of the Covenant in there, there was only room for one more man. There's only room for one person. And Jesus said, if you eat of my flesh and you drink of my blood, then where I am, there you shall be also. He said, you're seated with me in heavenly places. So as he walks the holy of holies, I came to tell you, you're seated with him in there and you are in him and he is in you. See, I know half of you done choked and you've done, you've got information overload, but there's a few more people that are still hungry. Stay with me now. There's a few more people still eating. You, you just, you just push back, wipe your mouth and let's just sit with us for a minute. There's a few more people eating. So he said, you get into this holy of holies. He said, but in in the ark, in the furniture, there's three different things. Somebody shout hundredfold. Come on, shout hundredfold. Shout it and wake your neighbor up, hundredfold. He said, he said in there, there's something called manna. Uh, the the Jewish people named it manna because they didn't know what it is. Manna means what is it? He said there's manna in there. What does the manna represent? The manna represents an unending. An unending, unmeasurable supply from heaven. Because when you get to the hundredfold, you ain't worried about what's in the bank account anymore. You ain't worried about how you're going to make your bills. You ain't worried about how you're going to pay for this. You ain't worried about how you're going to get some groceries. Because the blessing is so rich that you can't even store it all up. Ah! Because the manna poured out every day. Every day they woke up. God fed over 2 million people every day. Said, You ain't even tapped into what I got. Because in the hundredfold, it is unlimited provision. That's why you can't stay out there in the 30fold. Don't you want unlimited provision? How many of you would like to go out today and eat you some lunch and not even have to check, see if you got the money in your accounts? That's where I'm at. Now, I made some haters right there. It's mostly out there online. Because I done stepped into this hundred thing. And you can't coerce me back out. I done peeked over in that art. I peeked over in that ark and I saw there was manna and I said, God, if you can feed over two million people every single day, then I know you got enough and more for me and my family on a regular basis. So I shall not worry and I shall not be concerned about what I'm going to eat today and what I'm going to wear tomorrow. Look at the sparrows and look how they are clothed and your heavenly Father can feed them. then you know he can feed you. I ain't never seen a bird starve to death. killed them with BB guns I done shot them with pellet rifles I seen them get hit by a car and I have seen them getting eaten by a snake but I ain't never seen one of them starve to death and until you can do that I came to tell you if God can feed them then he's gonna feed you he's gonna provide for you look at the manna look at the manna All right, we don't went from 36,000 feet, we down to about 15,000, we about to land. But there was something else in that ark. It was called the, the tablets of the covenant. The tablets of the covenant. In other words, God said I wrote something down that I'll stand on myself. And if you can break it, then you can break me. But man has come and man has gone. And man has raised up and man has went down, but there ain't nobody been able to break the covenant of the Lord on his side. He said, I am a covenant-keeping God. If I said I'll bless you, I'll bless you. If I said I'll protect you, I'll protect you. If I said I'll provide for you, I will provide for you. I am a covenant-keeping God. This is the revelation that you get. When you're in the hundredfold. Yes, they're out there slinging blood and shouting and screaming in the outer court. But they're still trying to figure out where the grocery money's coming from. Hey, <laughs> yes, yes, they're out there, and things are exciting, and all kinds of stuff is going on. But they're still trying to figure out how what, what's going to happen next week. And you're in the hundred court. You're in the uh, holy of holies in the hundred fold. And you're saying, all I got to do is just thank you. And before I ever need it, it's gonna beat me there. The Bible says the blessing of the Lord shall overtake you. That means it's not just behind me. It's not just on top of me, but it has went before me. It's over here waiting on me. I wish I had somebody that. And then there's something else in that covenant, in that Ark of Covenant. The last thing, we done dropped down to 10,000 feet now folks' ears are hurting. The stewardess said, put your seatbelts on. And they're getting in the back, putting their seatbelt on. Wait. Hey, things are starting to rattle a little bit right now. We can see the landing strips. So I'm about there. Y'all stay with me. And, but there's something else in that piece of furniture, and it's called Aaron's Rock that budded even though it was not connected to the earth its natural life source was cut off it should have been dead but God said when you get into the hundredfold everything that had died he said, I'll speak over it. And what should not live has now begun to live. And what should not have bared fruit is now beginning to bear fruit. And what's, what, what was so barren is now bringing life. Because when you're in the hundredfold, I know how to take dead stuff and bring it back to life again. Yes, sir. That's where you get in that place, and you're in that hunting fold, and they say your kids are acting so crazy they ain't gonna never be nothing. I ain't worried about that. You don't know what fold I'm walking in. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! You, you you don't know. I ain't out there in the outer court. Stuff dies out there. In the Holy of Holy stuff lives in here. And though it might be disconnected, it shall live by the word of the Lord. That's what they tell you. You, you, you know, you don't have a job here no more because you won't comply. I ain't worried about you. I ain't worried about you. You don't understand. I, I was concerned if I would have been in the out of court and you said such, but but now that I'm in the Holy of Holies, I ain't worried about you because anything that dies in here has got to live because everything that God's doing right now is bringing life. He's taking what is dead and bringing life to it. I ain't worried about you. That's That's when they sit there and say, don't you know what the doctor's report said? The doctor's report said this and the doctor's report said, I ain't worried about you. Why ain't you worried? Why ain't you concerned? Why ain't you all uptight? Why ain't you sitting around crying and getting depressed and want to put a pencil in your mouth? I'll tell you, because I'm in the Holy of Holies. And in here, dead things live, so it don't really matter. The hundredfold. And this is where God's bringing. This is where God wants to bring you to. But in every place, from the 30 to the 60, even from the even from the, the lost place to the outer court, there's an embracing of the kingdom. And from the outer court to the inner court, there's an, a further embracing of, the, embracing of the kingdom. And then, all of a sudden, when your worship, your prayer, and your praise has overtaken you. He says, I can't leave you out there no more. You've got to come in here with me. Because this is so pleasuring to me. I want you to be where I am. See, the world says, you're crazy. The world says, y'all shot out. <laughs> the 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 world said, What are y'all man? Why are y'all even in church on, on a day like today? I told you I'd give you the, the point, right? I preached it, and I'm gonna give you the point. It's the last thing I'm giving you today. Let me get to it. I got so many pages of notes, God just kept on talking. Number two, kingdom citizenship is a constant constant and persistent pursuit of God and his glory this is kingdom citizenship it is it is saying God thank you man I'm so thankful that I got brought into the outer court but I keep seeing these people go in that door and they don't come back out I want to know what's in there. And I get in there and then I see this guy go in there. And something's drawing my heart and my spirit to hunger for more. So I thank you for what you've shown me. I thank you for how you brought me to my place of giving and I thank you, how what I've learned to be able to worship you. Yes, you but like Moses, yes. I want to see your glory, yes. and that's in the hundredfold. Yes. Yes. That's where God wants. Lift your hands and say, that's where God wants me, and that's where I am. Come on and give him praise for his word today. We're talking about kingdom citizenship. God's drawing you to that higher place, to that deeper place. Embrace the kingdom, church. Even if there's stuff you don't quite understand. I didn't understand everything. I still don't understand everything God is doing. But if he says I gotta trust him, that he's bringing me to a place that I have yet to see. hallelujah Yesterday when I was praying Yesterday morning Lisa was gone and Jeshua was gone shooting basketball in the house And I, I, I went to try to prepare and the glory of God came in my living room And I couldn't I couldn't prepare for two hours. I could just weep in his presence And he began to show me stuff He began to show me stuff on this right here. He said go and tell my church and tell my church, I'm calling to you from the holy place. Come on in. And it ain't just about your spiritual. He said, when you get in this place, I'll do all of it. Everything. Blessed. Favored and prospering and multiplying because you're in his glory. You're in his glory. Hallelujah. Those of you that are going to be water baptized or those of you helping water baptism, I wanna I wanna ask you now if you'll exit and prepare yourselves. Everybody else, listen this. I, I took my extra 20 minutes. I took at probably an extra 30 minutes, but I had to teach this. I had to teach this because if I didn't teach this to a place that it is now, some of you would look at the inner court and say, "Well, why do I want to be in there? Why do I want to pay the price to go there?" Not realizing, "Hey, there's a lamp stand in there, man. There's bread in there. There's a place of worship that you ain't got to yet. And if I didn't teach you like this, there would be some of you that's so mesmerized by the lampstand, you didn't realize there's an arc of glory on the other side. And God is saying, come on in. We pray you were blessed by today's message. For more content and to get to know us better, download our app at AbundantLifeChurch.com.